Hello, this is Pastor Manning coming from Lighthouse Baptist Church, and this podcast is actually a Lighthouse Baptist Academy chapel service that we had, and so you'll be joining us live during that chapel service. It's good to have you with us today, and I hope you enjoy the following podcast. John chapter 5 gives something really, really neat here. Um, the pool of Bethesda is what this is about. And uh, what went on there, some unusual things went on here at this place. But I want to show you in John chapter 5, look if you will, we'll begin in verse 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So Jesus is up in the city of Jerusalem. There's been a big feast. He goes up there. Now there is at Jerusalem, at the, uh, excuse me, by the sheep market, a pool. Now, don't be thinking, you know, diving board and all that. In other words, it's a, it's a thing of water, and uh, it's, it's there regularly, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. That's neat. See that word Bethesda, that beginning of the word Beth? When you see that, and it's referring to a Bible word that came from the Old Testament, that will mean house of something. Like Bethlehem is the house of bread. That's where Jesus was born, is the house of bread. That's how God provided for us. Um, you have that Bethel is the house of God. And uh, that, that was, of course, where Jacob first saw the Lord and all that. But this, Bethesda, means the house of mercy or the house of kindness. Isn't that a great name? I like that pretty good. It'd be nice if our houses were Bethesda's, wouldn't it? The house of kindness. Having five porches. So apparently, there's this pool of water. And then there's these porches or places to be, kind of flat areas around it, five of them. And uh, Jesus comes up to Jerusalem. There's this place people know about. Look in verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Now, the idea of impotent is that they're, they're ill. Impotent means that they do not have a potency. Potency being vitality or vigor or health or life. In other words, these people are ill. And they're not just one thing. There's a lot of sick people uh, in this place. And they would come here. Now, look what happens with it. There was a, a great multitude of impotent folk of blind. Gives you some of the things they have. Halt. And the idea of halt is they, they're limping or they cannot walk correctly. Um, halt. Withered. You've seen people who have uh, maybe an arm or something that is drawn up or damaged and that sort of thing. Or maybe they themselves are kind of crippled up. And uh, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, look at me just a second. I'm going to read to you something in the Bible. I take it just for what it says. I cannot explain to you. I've been asked questions about this over the years. What was that? It was what it says it is, but I don't understand that. Now, let me tell you the truth I learned from this. It's pretty amazing, Gracie. I've learned a lot of things like I can't explain to you exactly why it happens or what's going on or how it fits into everything, but there it is. And so uh, here's the truth, though. Here's the truth you put down with this. Don't ever discard or set aside what you do know because of what you don't know. In other words, when you run into, what the world did I just kick? Shoot, that's like an engine going off there, a little rocket, something. Kind of, uh, uh, but in other words, as, you, as you're going along through life, you may have something, a question come up, uh, a, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is, or, or a, uh, uh, maybe something you run into. It may even sometimes even come down and maybe read your Bible and go, how in the world does that fit together or something like that. Here's what you don't want to ever do. You never want to set aside or put away or step away from what you do know because of what you don't know. 
In other words, I run into passages in the Bible or something in the Bible that I don't know, can't explain, don't know how it fits with everything else. I'm not going to take what I do know in the body of truth that I do know and junk that because of something I don't know. And so that's really important. You get that thing down and it'll keep you on track because you're going to see some things in life here going, ooh, what was that about? And can I let you in on a little clue? You are a generation closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ than we were when I was, when I was your age. What does that mean? The Bible says one of the characteristics that comes as we get closer and closer to coming to the Lord are our deceivings, lying, and things that cause confusion. That will increase and that will increase. People's minds get messed with so badly. And so you're, you're, the further we go, the more you have to get this thing down. I'm not going to set aside what I do know because of what I don't know. All right, so that's a, that's a lesson here from this. So let's see what happens here now. You say, okay, preacher, that's quite a buildup. Uh, what's going on here that would make you say that? Okay, I'll read it to you. And when I get done and after chapel, you'll say, what's that mean? I will look right at you. It means what it says. I can't explain to you why it happened. It's not what's happened here then is not going on there now, although this pool's still here. But I don't understand what happened. Look what this, why were all these, why were all these ill people coming around this particular place? You know, there are places in our country where um, historically people have gathered hot springs areas. Um, in fact, you have Arkansas, you have a whole town named that, Hot Springs, Arkansas, named after the naturally occurring hot springs and thermal water coming up. Um, when Luke went mountain climbing, they were out there in Colorado. It was snowing and a big old snowstorm coming, but they had their, this water coming up out of the ground. It was like 110 degrees naturally occurring. Well, why does that tell you? That tells you there is some kind of thermal activity going. That means at some point there's something might blow up right there. That's what that tells you. You don't be in one of those hot tubs when that happens. But why did all these people come? <laughs> that would be that would be that would be disturbing. Uh, but but not for long. They but but this. Why were they gathered around this place? Why, why were they there? Let's look what happened. Verse 4. For an angel. Do you, know, I know, you want to know what the root word for that is? What the root Greek word is for that word angel right there? Angelos. <laughs> it means angel. Um, so, to give you a clue there, except it's an angel. I, for it is. That's what it is. Angelos. Uh, for an angel went down at certain season, a certain season, into the pool and troubled the water. An angel would go down into that water and the, it would make the water troubled. It would, it, would, it would move around. That's some strange stuff going on right here, Connor. I mean, this is, this is strange stuff right here. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. There is nothing else like this in the Bible. No other time, no other event point to I've had people say, well, how does that fit into a system of theology? I don't have a clue. I just know what happened. So I come back to this. I don't know. There's a lot of strange things, at least in this world, isn't it? Isn't that kind of funny? The Lord's got all kinds of things going on. But here this angel went in. The water was troubled. Whoever got in first got, the, got healed. So you had all these people would come around and they would stay as long as they could around this pool of water because they wanted to get healed. I mean, you had people with every kind of situation going on. Blind man probably had to listen for the water. Imagine. I mean, he could see what was going on. Had to, you know, try to get in there. So he had all this, all this going on. He had people who were halt. They were lame. They couldn't get to it. And so this, this is what was going on in this place. Verse five. And a certain man, look at the verse there, was there 
which had an infirmity. He was, he was ill. That's what that infirmity means. It means something that's not strong. Think of the word firm. Think of firm, strong, all right? He's infirm. He's not strong and all that sort of stuff. He had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Whatever this man was suffering from, he had had it for 38 years. Imagine that. That's a long time. No, you can't. You haven't been around that long. How could you imagine it? But in in 38 years, 38 years, hard to believe with that. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, look at the question Jesus asked him. Here's a man's laying there on some sort of a small cot or small bed, portable type thing. And Jesus sees him there, and this one man out of the multitude catches Jesus' attention And then Jesus asked him a question, this man who has been that way for 38 years, wilt thou be made whole? He said, do you want to be whole? Now, the man's going to answer, but he does not answer the question he was asked. Uh, That's way too often the thing in life. People don't ask the question they're actually asked. Jesus said, you want to be whole. Look what the man says. Now look, he doesn't answer that question actually. Maybe, and I think this is very plausible, he just figured it was, you know, I've been this way for 38 years, of course it wouldn't be whole. Why do you think I'm here? Um, That type of thing. I don't think it was a smart element, but just, you know, I mean, it seemed like an evident answer, you know. But Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? Now, this is pretty interesting. Look what he says, verse 6. Um, or, or verse 7 rather, the impotent man answered him, that's that man with the infirmity, Sir, he's respectful, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said to him, and I look at this, Ali, he says, you will be whole. The man's answer is, I don't have a man to put me in the water. Jesus didn't ask him if he wanted to get in the water. Jesus didn't ask him if he had some person to help him. Jesus asked him personally, do you want to be whole? The only thing he had to do was say yes to Jesus. Now you can see how merciful the Lord is here. Remember the name of the place is Bethesda. Or that the house of mercy and the house of kindness. The man does not answer the question he's asked. He just points out that I can't get in. And let me say something to you about this, and I'm not going to take time to divert into this thought. Sometimes when people have had a problem for a very long time, they become so used to the problem that they actually attach to it. I know for sure sometimes if somebody will come to me and they'll have a little problem going on, and there's a pretty obvious solution, I'll say, hey, if you would do this, they'll get angry, especially if it's a simple solution to the problem. They actually get angry at that answer. Well, you just don't understand. It's not that simple. Wow. You know what's happened? Even though it seems like it's something they would want to get rid of in their life, it's been part of their life so long. This is really weird what we do as humans. They get a security just out of that. It's a person who's been sick so long that they're so used to everybody kind of paying attention to them and making allowance for them because they're sick that if they can get well, they don't really want to because they're going to lose that identification that they've had there. Well, this fellow, Jesus said, you want to be whole. There's a good question. He says, I have no man. He, he, he gives an excuse. Well, I can't. I can't. He, he's, he's saying, I can't. 
But let me show you how merciful the Lord is. The Lord knows our weaknesses, not just of our body, but He knows the weaknesses of our spirit. He knows the weaknesses of our, our mind, our intellect. And uh, He's the Savior of us completely. And all these areas that we lack, He's the answer for them. Thank God for that. Because all of us have weaknesses. All of us uh, have, have problems and that sort of thing. One time many years ago, we were at the Indian Creek Baptist Camp. And uh, there, uh, Shawnee Baptist, uh, uh, yep, yeah, Shawnee Baptist College, and then the church, in the church, Shawnee Baptist. Shawnee Baptist Church, there we go, I thought they were saying that, I'd lost it for a second, um, ran that camp, and we went, Logan was still real small, and of course he's had asthma all his life, and sometimes it was quite severe. If we had done what Children's Medical Center wanted us to do, I don't even know if he would be functional as an adult now, because their, their, their answer to the problem early on was basically put him in a bubble. Tear out all the carpet in our house, never have a pet, don't let him be outside. All this nanny state idea of how to care for things. And we looked at it and said, no, that's a bad formula. And instead, build up nutrition stuff. And so, what's he do? What's the kid who suffered from asthma like this? He goes to the landscape company. But, but he's out there working, you know? And still has to battle the asthma sometimes. But he was having trouble and it was kind of embarrassing for him. Because you know how it is. He liked to run. You know how you guys like to race each other? Logan's always a really fast runner. But sometimes his asthma would kick in and, you know, he couldn't hardly run. Well, it's embarrassing. Think about, you know, it just, you can't do anything about it. It's kind of an embarrassing situation. And we were at the camp and he was running with some people. And all of a sudden I saw that he was starting to have a problem. So I just grabbed him and I threw him up on my shoulders and said, hey, you just run with me. He, uh, oh, and I, I was covering for him. He knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing, and I was I was running, and I had him up here, you know, and and uh, he's like, "Thanks, Dad," because it just embarrassed him. He didn't want the other kids to know, and I said, "Hey, but I said there's no reason to be embarrassed." I said, uh, "I said we all have weaknesses." He, he said to me, "You don't." Oh my soul, tore me up. He said, you don't. And I thought, oh. suddenly you have no idea how many I have. But you know what? To a little kid, where dad just grabbed him up, throw him on his shoulder, and that. Dad always had an answer. He always knew all that. You don't. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. Everybody does. That's why we have, it's so great we have a Savior. Because we have weaknesses in our spirit. Weaknesses of figuring things out. Weaknesses of our life. Things we look at and go, ah. Oh, I don't like that about myself. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just not going to be that way. I'm going, and then turn right around and do it again. It's like, you know. And, and, and we have a Savior who is the completeness of all these areas that we lack. That's pretty awesome. And so he comes to this fella and says, you want to be whole? 38 years. Can you imagine? I, I mean, you young people can't because you haven't been alive that long. But can you imagine your entire life because it's been much longer than your life that you, you just had to be in bed. You couldn't go where you wanted to go. You couldn't get up. You couldn't walk across the room. You couldn't take care of yourself. And Jesus says, you want to be home? And he said, I have no man. He basically has resigned to the situation. And even though he's by the pool, he says, I can't even get in there. Because as soon as the water's troubled, somebody's going to beat me. I have a suspicion, Mike. And I don't know this for sure, but it's, it's a good thought. I have a suspicion that he didn't really try to hurt anymore. I can't see that name. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a bit little guy. I'm not putting him down for that. I don't know what I'd do if I'd spent 38 years being crippled up like that. I'm thankful every day. 
a Saturday, I rode 44 miles on my bike and did kind of a fast ride in the wind. A couple thousand feet of climbing during that. And as I was riding, I thought about my age. I thought about other people I know that are my age. I thought about other men I know. And I, I was thinking, God, thank you that I have strength enough. I can go out and do something like this. It's a privilege to be able to, to, be, able to be up and about and doing things. And so he, uh, anyway, this fellow says, I don't have anybody. And then look what happens. Then he, he asked him a question. He said, I have no man. And then verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, and here's where Christ is merciful. He just cut around all the guys thinking. Look at his word, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. The man sitting there saying, well, we're waiting on the angel. But Jesus more or less says, they work for me. Get up. <laughs> get up. And he did. I like it. He says, rise. He said, get up. Take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. That's kind of strange after this. Some Jewish people see him. He knew he'd been crippled. And it was the Sabbath day. So they said, why are you doing carrying a bed? You're not allowed to do that. And fussed at him over that instead of rejoicing in the fact that he'd been healed. And a whole bunch more teaching there. But I don't want to get into all that this morning. I just want to tell you this. That when Jesus came to the fellow, he had a very real need. Nobody else could take care of it. And the man pretty much Nate, got to a point where it seemed like he just, just the way it's got to be. And uh, Jesus had other plans for that. Place called Bethesda. And uh, I, I believe that God, uh, God would like to make our life at Bethesda, a house of mercy and a house of kindness. And uh, he'd come along, he'd make a big difference in you. And he certainly made a big difference in that man that day. I'm going to give you a few minutes back this morning. Let me pray with you and uh, we'll be dismissed out. All right, Father, thank you so much for chapel time with the young people. I pray you'll bless and help them to have a good day. May they test well today. May they not miss things because of being nervous or misreading something. But may they be diligent and and, uh, just uh, do their very best. And Lord, I pray that that will be reflected in the results. Thank you so much for what you told us here in the Bible and what we learned from it. Help us to be appreciative of you every day. Amen, amen. Let me shut this off here.